you're new with us at Life Church tonight, welcome. We're glad you're here. I'm not going to call you out or make you wear the yellow hat <laughs> with the big V that says, you know. But we do have a gift for you on your way out tonight if you'd like to stop by in the lobby. Have a cool gift for you $10. And, uh, <laughs> not really. You can't call it a gift then, can you? No. Just a gift. Glad you're here. Believe God will work in your life tonight. Whether you came on purpose or don't even know why you showed up tonight, I believe God will get in your business and you'll go out better than you came. Amen. Better, stronger, faster, like the $6 million man. That's a long time ago. He'd be worth way more now. <laughs> Six million. Amen, amen. Tonight uh, is a healing night, so uh, we, do, we do that here first Wednesday, first Wednesday of the month. Our focus is on healing, so we're going to uh, do that tonight. Uh, let's do our, uh, receive our tithes and offerings first, okay? Everybody good with that? All right. If you brought your tithes and offerings tonight, then, uh, then let's get them ready, and we honor the Lord first. Uh, First and foremost, it's not like a restaurant. The restaurant, you usually, well, depending on what kind of restaurant you go to, I guess. But you usually eat first and then you pay. Uh, here, because our offerings are not paying, you're going to get to eat no matter what you do in the offering. Uh, meaning the good word of God and the power and presence of the Lord. Uh, so we'll go ahead and do that up front and, uh, and uh, do it by faith. Praise God. So course, you regular givers know how to do that if you're new and, or either new here or new to giving. Say, well, you wouldn't want a new person to, to give in the offering if they're visiting the church, would you? Well, actually, I would because I believe in, in tithes and offerings are beneficial to the giver. So I would never rob someone. You know, it's like in some places they say, I know some pastors and they mean well, but they say, all you new people, just put your money away. This is just for our regular folks. You don't really believe in, in giving, do you? You don't believe the giver is more blessed than the receiver. You don't believe that if you give, it'll be given back to you. Otherwise, why would you rob your visitors of that blessing? So the difference here is we just don't direct you in what and how and no pressure whatsoever. Uh, but honoring the Lord with our first and our best is not only there's a blessing in it, it's a smart thing to do. Amen. So as far as our giving with the envelopes, um, like we've been doing the last number of months, uh, we won't pass the offering containers, but they'll be available at the door on the exit if you'd like to give an offering that way, your tithe or your offering. Um, that will be great. And if not, do it on the app. Uh, do it now or when we pray or when I'm preaching. Amen. Father, thank you for this opportunity to give. We do so with joy and gladness in our hearts. Thank you for the abundance of your provision. We'll never lack. Hallelujah. We're giving you all the glory and the praise for every bill paid and every need met. We honor you with our first and with our best tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, bless you as you give. And the offering's over just like that. That's quick. <laughs> praise God. Well, uh, if anyone's uh, stressed out right now, I want to encourage you to let set that aside. If you have, you know, election stress, 
worries, cares, fears, just understand nothing changes by our worry. <laughs> nothing is improved by our being anxious or uh, giving our thoughts to that continually. So um, don't check the stats like during the message here. <laughs> Chucking the vote count, pulling for Arizona still. <laughs> Let's just set all that aside, amen, and let's, let's uh, fix our, our gaze upon the Lord. And if you have need of healing in your body tonight, oh, good. Hallelujah. Come on, you came to the right service. You have come in, into an intersection with a, the right place at the right time, and God is going to do a work in your body tonight. Amen. So let me share a few things with you. If you have a Bible or your Bible apps on your phone, go ahead and get those out and uh, turn with, with me uh, to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew, the ninth chapter. And, and if you want a heads up, you can go to Matthew 14. But that's close. You can get there easily from there. Just a short drive. I like to, to teach or minister, preach, however it comes out, uh, in a healing service just with an intention. I just want to help you to get it. Help you to, those of you who need healing, I help, want to help you get it now, all right? There'll be nuggets in there about keeping it and walking in it and living in it, but my primary focus is if you have need, I want to set you up to succeed, all right? And that's... The reason I say that is spiritual things work with words, okay? They, they generally don't just fall upon you. There's rare instances where people uh, come into a service. I say, it's not that rare, but it's not, it's not the go-to method where people come into a service and, hey, I just got healed. I didn't ask. I didn't pray. No, I didn't seek it. I didn't inquire about it. It just happened. I guess we do get those testimonies, but that's not really a reliable method. <laughs> In this regard, there are spiritual principles and laws that govern the, the manifestation of God's uh, power, okay? And so I just don't want to think, I hope it happens to me. I hope I win the lottery. <laughs> I hope I'm one of the lucky ones tonight and that healing falls on me. See, I don't think we should approach it that way because that's not reliable. That's not faith, right? I like to approach it from uh, the standpoint of how everyone can get it. Yeah, everyone can be healed. You mean like everyone, like 100%? Totally, I mean, that's exactly what I mean, okay? Everyone can get this. So it's not hard, it's not difficult. So understand this, I just want to approach it from a certain standpoint uh, that the Lord put on my heart today. That first of all, God is, if I say God is, what would you put in that next blank there? God is, and someone said good. God is love, that's kind of the answer I was looking for. And uh, I realize you can probably put a lot of correct answers there. But one of the statements in scripture is God is Love, it's, it's more than just something he does. God does love us, but he actually is love. It's his very being, it's his, it's his very nature. 
And so he does truly love us as well. He truly loves people. And, and, and I hope, hopefully you can um, receive that on a personal level. He really does. He truly loves you. He really does. It's not just a figurative sta- uh, statement. It's not just a theory. He really does love you. When he thinks about you, he gets warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, he, he really likes you. He really does love, love you. Why did Jesus minister healing to people in his earthly ministry? I'll tell you this, it was his primary motivation is he really did love people. He really had compassion on them. It wasn't, to, it wasn't him showing off. It wasn't him just proving something. He really did see sick people and felt for them. He didn't want to see them hurting. And, and, and he was motivated to do things. Let, let's, let's look in... Matthew chapter 9, uh, beginning in 35, Matthew 9, 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. That last part ought to make you shout just right there. Every sickness and every disease among the people. Does that include anything you might have? Well, every means every, yeah. Verse 36, but when he saw the multitude, multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He was, he was what? He was moved with compassion. Jesus saw the multitudes and it moved him. Now, now look at Matthew 14. Uh, Matthew 14 and then verse 13. 14, 13, and 14. So 14, 13, 14. Uh, when Jesus heard it, uh, this was when he heard it, just context is John the Baptist got beheaded. All right. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitude heard, uh, heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Okay, so even though Jesus apparently was dealing with this information of his cousin John having his head lopped off, right? And he departed for a while. I need to get alone. I just need to get away. I need to, even though he was dealing with that on a personal level, he came down and he saw the masses of people and he was moved with compassion. All right. Uh, well, what, was, what was the result of that compassion? And he healed their sick. Multiple times in scripture, these, we'll see others, it, it connects compassion and healing. The Lord's compassion for people results in them being healed. And so again, I want you to see this, catch the heart of God. He does not look at those who are suffering with physical ailments 
coldly or just uh, robotically or, you know, just kind of, yeah, lots of people are sick and it doesn't really move him at all. No, it does move him. God is, we could say, moved, moved emotionally by those suffering with sickness. He does not ignore our plight. Jesus was moved with compassion, and he is still moved with compassion. Never think for a moment, I hurt, and God doesn't care. Never think, I've got all these problems, and God is up there, and and, and he could do something about it, but I guess he just doesn't care. That's a lie. That belief is incorrect, okay? I don't, want, I don't want us to go down there. That's not true for a moment. God sees us and he is moved by our pain. Yeah. And so no one should ever think for a moment. I would encourage you not to even entertain the thought. And if you don't understand it yet, take a leap of faith with, faith with me, okay? But no one should ever think that God looks at me and he just doesn't care about what's going on. He just doesn't seem to be interested in, in being involved or helping or doing anything. He's just left me on my own and I've got to figure this out. That's not the truth. Amen. And so, um, uh, how many know you don't need to have compassion on people if they don't have problems? You don't generally look at someone who's happy, healthy, wealthy, fulfilled, and say, I just, I'm really moved with compassion towards you. No, that wouldn't be the feeling towards them. Uh, you would be moved with compassion towards people if, you have a, if you're like God. You would be moved with compassion towards them when there is something wrong with them, when you see them suffering. And, and so when people are suffering sickness and disease like, like these multitudes, uh, Jesus didn't look at them and, and think, well, this is really for your own good, so I'm actually pleased that you're suffering. Huh? He didn't look at them and say, well, you know, you guys, uh, in heaven, all this is gonna go away. And so that, that wasn't his answer. His answer wasn't, you're gonna learn something from this. His answer was compassion, meaning there is something wrong here. There is a, this sickness and disease in your body, he looks and sees the one person and one of their eyes are missing. He sees someone else and they, they're limping. He sees someone else, they're totally incapacitated. He sees someone else that's bent over. He sees someone else that's got a skin condition. He sees someone else that, you know, that has trouble breathing. He see, sees all these people and these, they got these various ailments and condition, conditions. And he doesn't celebrate it. He, he doesn't just, uh, he, he sees it and he's moved to change it. So something has to be done here. This is not a good situation. It's something wrong that needs a remedy. And by the way, this is consistent with many verses. Let me, uh, uh, in other words, healing, healing is a good thing is what I'm trying to say. Sickness and disease is a bad thing all the time. It's always bad. There are no exceptions to this. The devil wants to try to blur that in your mind. Well, maybe this is a good thing. 
Maybe this is a blessing in disguise. No, it's a, it's a blatant curse without a disguise. Okay? It's never painted in the scriptures as being a good thing. And so, and so the Lord would, would see this. He said, this is wrong. We need to make it right. Uh, I was going to give you some examples. Um, Acts 10.38 it, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. He went about doing good and healing. He did good and he healed. So healing is a good thing. And then, of course, you can see all who were oppressed by the devil. So sickness and disease is called demonic oppression by, by, by Jesus or by the Lord. Okay, so sickness is bad. This is 101 here. <laughs> sickness is bad. Disease is bad. Demonic in origin. All right. Healing is good. And so God put his spirit on Jesus so he can undo the works of the devil. So he could, he could remove bondage from people's life. It's called good. All right. You, you might recall uh, James chapter 1 and verse 17 where it says, for every good and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of light. So God is giving good things. Good things come from God. Bad things do not. The Lord is never our problem. So Jesus didn't look at all the problems, all the hurting, all the suffering people and say, that's a blessing from God. No, he went about doing good and reversing all those blessings from God, <laughs> all those things that were not from him. So every good and perfect gift, so you put these things together, healing is a perfect, is a good and perfect gift that comes from above. And when you read about other things that Jesus said when he likened uh, the Father in heaven to earthly fathers, earthly parents, and, and, and he said in Matthew 7, 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So when we ask the father, he gives us good things. Well, the Bibli one of the biblical descriptions of a good thing would be healing. So Jesus saw the multitudes. He was moved, moved with compassion, and he did a good thing for them. He did a good God thing, and he brought healing to those who were sick. Amen. And so then, if healing uh, is a good thing, and if Jesus felt this way and brought that healing to them, then uh, he had compassion upon those who were hurting. Like I said before, then he's still the same today. He still sees those who are hurting, those who are, have physical ailments, he still has compassion on them, right? He had compassion on them then. If you have anything wrong with your body tonight, he sees you, he knows you, he sees you, he loves you, and he is compassionate towards you. What, what's the next step? Well, then... He healed their sick. Now, one might, go, one might think logically, well, okay, then the Lord sees everyone on the earth because he loves them all, and then we could conclude that he is 
compassionate towards them all. He is moved by their plight, and yet they're still sick. But this is how it works. He was moved with compassion, and he went out and ministered to them. He brought healing to them. He is still moved by people's hurts and pains, and so he sends people like me so his healing power can go through them. Yes, it's true. God is not in heaven above causing all of his perfect will to happen. There is much suffering and much chaos and much sin in the earth today. And the devil is running rampant in the lives of many people. But the Lord has put a fire inside of his church, his body. And he has lit up people like me and like many of you. And you have something on the inside. You say, I'm compassionate too. Just like the Lord is, I, have, I think I'm seeing things through his eyes. I see people and it angers me when they are being beat up by some disease and some sickness. And there's something in me that wants to reach out and change that. And I tell you, that is no less the compassion of the Lord than when Jesus was moved when he saw the multitude. It is God in us that rises up so he can work through us and bring healing. And I have found that many times I've asked myself, what is this in me? What is this when I start talking about healing and when I start seeing people who are suffering and, it, and some of it is like, I don't like it, I want to kick it and I want to I want to take it down and I realized many years ago that's God in me and when I hear when I hear messages or doctrines of demons that would declare God wants you to be sick or God wants you to die at 30 or God these kind of messages and and I, I feel angst on the inside of me like ah, no I want to push back against that and I realize that's God in me it's not just of my own self. And that compassion that many of us have comes from the Lord. We feel that way because he does. And so he sends us to heal like he did all those years ago. Amen. And so compassion, Jesus was moved with it. Moved with compassion to heal. Now, contrast that then with, with someone who may just have sympathy. I think many times people can be sympathetic. Most individuals, the vast majority, don't want to see anybody suffer. They don't want to see others suffer with sickness or disease of any kind. But how many know you can feel bad for someone and not have any faith? Well, I just really hate that you're going through this. You know what I, what I mean. Maybe if, if you've got, had something, a problem in your own body, and some people would come to you, and they just want to say, oh, it's okay. You know, they may be nice to you. They may want to come and, you know, put a rag on your forehead or something. Uh, and they may be nice, but they're not helpful in the sense of changing it. They're nice. They're kind. They're sympathetic. But sometimes someone, and I don't mean that to imply that that's a negative or they're a bad person for being that way, but it can also be embalmed in unbelief. Where, 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 where someone comes to you and you've got a problem and they might be willing to cry with you, but it just stops right there. So you feel cared for, but that's not what Jesus did when he saw people who were suffering. 
He didn't just go and say, oh, I'm sorry you feel this way. You know, I really care for you. His compassion moved him to action. His compassion was one that was full of faith to make a difference. And, uh, you know, if you ever find yourself in a, in a bad situation, surrounding yourself with people who have faith is a key to victory. Not just people who are going to talk about your problem. Amen. I, 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 sometimes I try to put myself in the shoes of others. I think that's probably a good thing for all of us to do at times. And I see someone who's going through a situation, and I try to reverse in my mind, say, what would I do there? What would I do if I was in their situation? Because I want to help people. And, uh, and it's, if I see someone who has a sickness or a disease or a problem, and I think, how should I act towards them? I try to reverse it in my mind. Okay, I'm putting myself in them, in their situation. I got that problem. I've just received this diagnosis. And so I start to ask myself, okay, if I was them or in their shoes, and then I met me, what would I want me to do to them? Helps me to decide what I want to do. Now, a large part of what I've concluded, <laughs> and again, I can only do this through my own eyes, is concluded is I think I would want me to be kind and compassionate and bold as a lion. <laughs> I would want me to say to me, not, oh, well, I'm gonna hold your hand as you go through this. I would want me to say to me, we're gonna believe God and this thing is gonna leave you we are not gonna we're not gonna put up with this. We are absolutely not gonna settle for this as a final, uh, you know, final diagnosis and determination of your future. You are not gonna be known as a. Mm. And so I think about the Lord Jesus. He was moved with compassion, and the end result was healing. I know those who consider. They consider worry as being some kind of symbol of love. And they think, if I really love you, I'm going to worry about you. And they'll even write notes and tell people, you know, I'm really worried about you. How many know that's the last thing you need if you have a problem? <laughs> Otherwise, we'd sign up, people here. Uh, we put together worry teams. <laughs> and if you had a problem, you could put your name on there and your problem. We would assign you 10 people to worry about you. Why? Well, because we are a church of love. And when people have problems, we worry about them. How many know our, our death rate would be really high? <laughs> we, can we can make your problem go... <laughs> times 10, you'll be in the grave in no time. <laughs> but at the same time, it might seem like, oh, they so care. I don't want to care like that. That's not what I'm interested in. I want to, I want to care, if you want to use that word, not in the worry sense, but in the, in the love sense. I want to have compassion towards people that moves us to stand with them and say, no, you're going to live and not die. No, you don't have to continue with that condition. 
that disease. We're going to believe God with you. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to cast the devil out. We're going to rebuke this thing and reverse the curse and let God's life flow through you. And we're going to stay with you as long as necessary because we believe that God wants you well. And he has compassion on you. And if he didn't, I wouldn't be bothering with this because if he didn't have compassion on you, I wouldn't. But the real reason we do this is because the Lord loves us so much and he wants to lift us up and not put us down. Praise God. And so I would encourage you not to let people's bad situations pull you down. Don't get in the mud with them other than reaching down in there to get them back, to, get, to pull them out. You don't understand what I mean? If someone's crying and someone's in despair, yes, we can be there with them. But whenever they look up at you, you should be, they should see teeth. I understand the scripture says a time to weep and a time to laugh and all that kind of stuff. And someone lost a loved one. I have not down on them for crying about that. But, but just for a little bit. And then they look over and see. <laughs> you know, they could even interpret that like in a wrong way if they don't know. And say, well, don't you care about my problem? You're, why are you so happy? Well, because I believe in, in, in God. I believe in his word. I, I, I believe this is going to change. If I didn't believe that, I would be just as sad as you. <laughs> just as depressed, just as down. But no. I believe God wants to get in the middle of your life, in the middle of your business, and turn this situation around. So why would I do anything but smile? Hallelujah. Amen. And if you got a problem tonight, you ought to start smiling about it right now. Come on now. You got to start thinking about it. Say, ha, <laughs> glory to God, glory to God. I was down. I was, de I was depressed. I was feeling mighty low. But now I see that the word of the Lord is he is compassionate towards me. He loves me. And so I know this problem has to go. And so I see my future is bright. I see it getting better and better. I'm going to be living long and living strong and walking in the will of God. Come on. If you don't have a vision of something brighter in the future, why would you be happy? Why would you have a smile on your face? But I tell you, you can be in the worst of circumstances, the most dire of situations. But when you see the light, then a smile comes across your face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So if you have a sad story to tell, you, I don't, you can tell. You can tell it. But if some of us look up, if you look up at us when you're finished telling your story and we're smiling, <laughs> it's not because we don't love you. It's not because we have no compassion. It's because we do. And our compassion comes with faith. It comes with faith and that all things are possible with God type of smile. Amen. In Matthew chapter 20 and verse 34, these speaking to these blind guys, it said, so Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Again, I want you to see it, notice again, uh, that there is compassion and it's directly tied with healing. So blindness was removed, their sight was restored and the Lord the scriptures here tie the compassion of the Lord to that. So faith can smile in the face of someone who has really, really big problems. Amen, amen, amen. And by the way, uh, I'm speaking to a lot of 
you know, great people here tonight. When I say great people, those who love God, want to be used of God, walk closely with the Lord. And you say, I want to see miracles for other people too. Well, let this be kind of the framework that you live in. Why do you want to see people healed? Why do you want to see miracles? Okay, I think the wrong motivation would be, I just want to prove to people that God's real. Okay, now that's not necessarily a bad desire to want to do that, but let your desire be something higher. Like the Lord, let your, let your desire for healings and miracles be rooted in compassion and love for them. And if you will say, Lord, help me with this, to see people through your eyes and you see people who are hurting and your heart is moved like the Lord with compassion and that moves you to speak to them, to pray for them, to minister to them, you'll be, you'll be setting yourself up to see God's mighty hand work through you. And you'll have healings coming out of your life, coming flowing right through your body just like the Lord Jesus did. Yeah? Follow that love and compassion. Amen? In prayer, follow that. Oh, I'm praying for this person. Let yourself be moved that way. When you see people, say, oh, be moved with compassion. And you'll find a lot of times when you're moved by that, it might be a little bit blurry. You'll wonder, now, am I just moved just because of love or am I moved by the Holy Spirit? Is that the Spirit moving me towards that person or is that the love of God? yes. And because really it's the same flow. Praise God. Mark chapter 1 and verse 40. It says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. What happened with, the, with this guy? He got, he got his healing, got his cleansing, and the scriptures again connect it to being moved with compassion. And let me give you one more. In Mark chapter five, in verse 18 and 19, it's, it reads, when, when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. So this is after the deliverance, obviously. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. So Jesus ministered to the, the, this demoniac, got him set free from this demonic possession, and the response was, was, this was the compassion of the Lord that set you free. How many think we should have that same understanding and description of what God's working is in our lives and even through our lives? In other words, he wasn't bragging on himself. He didn't encourage this man to say anything else. He said, when you describe to people, when you tell them what happened to you, here is what you're supposed to say. The Lord has had compassion on me. Praise God. I think it would be proper for us when we testify of healings that have happened, the healings that will take place here in a, in a few moments, that when we testify about them, that we tell people, the Lord was compassionate towards me. Yeah? 
That'd be a good part of a testimony. What happened to you? I thought you were sick. The Lord had compassion on me. What happened to you? I thought you're not limping anymore like you used to. Yeah, the Lord was compassionate towards me. We're not taking credit to ourselves. We're not putting credit on somebody else. We're saying the Lord has had compassion on us. Amen? Amen. Now, many people will believe that God can heal them. Yeah, many people believe that that's possible, that it's in the realm of possibility. However, when you know the compassion of God, it guarantees it. Now you have a personal guarantee that God will do it for you. Amen. Think about it. Lord, will you set me free from this problem? Well, ask yourself the question, does he love you? Is he compassionate towards you in this, in this bad situation? And if the answer to that is yes, then healing, according to the word of God, is connected to that compassion of the Lord. Amen. So how would one know if they were gonna be healed tonight? How would you know? If you were gonna be healed tonight, well, I think you could ask the question and say, well, does Jesus love me? And if you could, if you could confidently say, yes, I believe that Jesus loves me. Well, God, you're in the clear then. You're walking out of here healed. <laughs> he connected the two. This is not something we made up. Everybody say it. Say yes. yes. Jesus loves me. Say yes. Jesus loves me. Say yes. Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. <laughs> Everybody sing. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen. Praise God. And more than just the Bible tells me so, it's seen in Jesus on the cross. Come on. It's seen in so many, so many ways. But he, his love for us is, is healing towards us. Amen. And that's easy to believe. That's easy to receive. Praise God. Now listen, uh, as we minister to the, to the sick, uh, let, me, let me just tell you uh, a little bit about myself. Um, I kind of have grown into over many years and have been there for some time, but I kind of grew into, through discovery, recognizing certain gifts and different power that is in my own life. I say power, I mean anointing from God, not anything intrinsically mine or belonging to me as though I'm something special, but something given to me by God. And what, what I've noticed is, is that when I will boldly declare things like I've declared, that I can then uh, minister healing 
very easily, quickly, and many, many people receive healing. And in looking back, I think, there must be something there. And I know all believers can do this. I've recognized this. But sometimes it's even been, if I can just say it this way without sounding too (laughs) unbelieving, sometimes it's been so easy it's shocking. It's like, I didn't even feel anything there. No great power, and yet instant healings, manifestations of God. And what happened is, is we're acting on the word. All of us could do that at any time, and I do that. But I also have recognized there are gifts, plural, of healings, plural, that function in my life. There is an anointing on me. And many times that anointing becomes, uh, becomes tangible, meaning, uh, meaning it's perceptible to the touch. And that anointing is transferred, not through great effort, but just through simple laying on of hands. It's transferred sometimes even without laying on of hands. Uh, you know, what, what I, how I typically minister on Sundays through word of knowledge and gifts of healings Um, I kind of stumbled upon that when I just found out I can do this. I don't even have to lay hands on people so many times and it still works. When I I say I kind of stumbled upon that, here's what I mean. The Lord never told me per se. I I don't recall an experience where the Lord said, I'm giving you this gift and if you will do this, it will manifest. I kind of somewhere along the line did that and instead of touching people, I would just go out like this and then I'd say, did you get that? Yep, all the pain's gone. Yep, healed. I thought, huh, that's pretty good. That's great for like a lot of people, <laughs> especially in, a, in services that are limited in time. And so I, that was many years ago, and so I've continued to minister that way uh, on Sundays on a regular basis, and we get testimonies all the time of just fantastic healings, and we never even lay hands on people. At the same time, I've seen many, many healings and miracles and, and uh, great things happen through the physical contact of laying on of hands according as Jesus taught us. And so uh, what we do is we act on the word. We can do that anytime by faith. But I know this, that these gifts reside in me. And so what I do in a service like this is I just use them. And, and it's not difficult. It's not about praying long. It's not about praying hard. It's just about using the gifts. And it's not, again, it's not of me, it's through me. But it's the anointing of God. I can't take any credit for it. I stand back many times and I'm just amazed. It's like how, how wonderful this is. What a privilege it is. How cool is this? This is the compassion of God. He loves people so much that he'll even use me to get to them. And maybe that's just because I'm available. Maybe it's because I'm usable. But, But I do believe God that when I lay hands on people, his power will rush right into them and like a heat sinking missile go right to the problem. Most of the time, I don't even need to know who it is, what the problem is. I don't even need to know that it's in your foot or in the ear or in the head. Uh, uh, you know, if there's time, I don't mind knowing. And, uh, but, but so many times, one guy I prayed for, I've maybe told you this before, he was kind of taller than me, kind of a big guy. And so I'm walking by, I walked up to him and I just put my hand on his chest because it was right there. 
and I knew it was a man, of course. I, I don't do that lightly. I just put my hand on his chest in the name of Jesus, be made whole. And I moved on. And he testified afterwards. He said, when you put your hand on my chest, I felt it in my ear. <laughs> That's the way he said it. I thought, you felt my hand in your ear? But it was the, really the anointing. And uh, I didn't know that his problem was in his ear. I put my hand there, and like a heat-sinking missile, the anointing went... And boom, and set him free in that ear problem that he was having. And so this is really cool how it works. We don't even have to be that smart. I remember hearing the testimony years ago from a particular pastor. There were two pastors in a city. One was highly educated, had lots of, tr of training and, and education and degrees, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. And, and another person didn't have the advanced training. And, and, uh, and one person, the, the person who was well-educated, he was kind of struggling along in ministry. And the other person, his church and his ministry was just exploding. They were just having great things. And, and the guy came and he was asking him, he was questioning him, well, how do you do this? Why is this working so well for you? And he said, I don't really know. I said, uh, he said, I just read the word and I do what it says and God shows up. He said, Jesus said, lay hands on the sick. So I do that and people get healed. I'm telling you, this is not an advanced study. This is not something you have to really qualify for to get. I have to really study before I can know this will work. No, you don't. Just here, this is how it works. Say, huh, I'm gonna believe that. And it'll work for you. Amen. You can be doctor. We have doctors that go to church. You can be healed. You can be totally uneducated. You could be a flunk out. We're not going to ask. What's your GPA? What's your experience? I don't care. Will you believe that the Lord loves you? And if you will say, I believe he is, loves me, he is compassionate towards me, I'll put my hand on you. Boom. It'll only take a second. The power of God will rush into your body. God will meet you right where you stand. And if you can't stand, you'll be able to stand. Amen. And if you can't hear, you'll be able to hear. And if you can't see, you'll be able to see. And if you can't move it, you go for a run. The Lord will meet you right here. His power. See, that's pretty bold. How do you know? I'm putting God on the spot. Amen. He told us to do this. Remember the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal? They had the showdown to see whose God was real. And when Elijah's turn was up after the other team lost, they had that altar there and he said, soak it with water. Drench the thing with water. It's like, who cares if fire's coming from heaven? Who cares how wet it is? He's gonna make it hard. Who cares if it's God? Big deal, big whoopty deal. Big whoopty do. <laughs> whoopty deal. <laughs> and uh, and he, had, he believed God that he was gonna answer him when he called upon him. And so God did and kaboom and it took off there. Amen. So we're not concerned about anything. The Lord is big. He is mighty. He's strong.
and his power will work towards you in this service tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God.